today on Laura Lynn and Friends. That the earth was filled with violence and perpetual wickedness before the flood. And by the way, violence and perpetual wickedness, the word for that in Hebrew is Hamas. Um, how are you doing? I am recuperating from the epic weekend. And uh, that weekend, the Arab Champions was inspired by one man. His name is Clay Clark. I ended up going to a few of the um, of the reawaken tours that were going on in the States. And I said, we've got to do something like this in Canada. We've got to bring champions together, giving uh, the truth, because as you know, it's harder and harder to get to that. So we're going to bring Clay Clark right, uh, right now onto the screen. Um, he, we only have a very few minutes with him and we want to make sure we get the best out of this. Clay, thank you very much for meeting with us today. I don't know, are you CEO of Reawaken or how, what's your title? Does it matter? Uh, it doesn't matter, but I am the founder of the Reawaken America Tour, a, uh, a for-profit, very not profitable, uh, gathering of people. So, um, I formed an LLC because I needed a way to process payments and these sorts of things. Uh, but it is a, uh, not profitable, uh, for-profit business. Well, you know, one of the things you just mentioned that it's not really profitable, um, I, I guess that's something that you're running into. Now, you've tried to quit before. You, you, you kind of, you have another event coming up December 15th and then a couple well, more maybe. Tried. Well, just to be clear, I haven't tried to, to quit, not to be argumentative. I, I never wanted to, to do uh, uh, events. That's not really, uh, uh, you know, I had built a very successful entertainment company years ago. I sold it called djconnection.com when I was in my late 20s. And I never had a real big ambition to do uh, events ever again. You know, I used to do 4,000 weddings and corporate events. And uh, when the lockdowns happened, um, I just, like many of your listeners, I was praying for how God could use my time and talent and treasure to help save the nation. And so I felt like that God uh, was was calling me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I felt like God was calling me. And I told my wife that I would sue the mayor of Tulsa and turn my building into a church in the event of a lockdown. And that's what I did. And uh, so every week we would gather during the lockdowns. I sued the mayor of Tulsa, turned my building into a church. And every week this group would gather. And at first there was two people. Then there was maybe four or five. Then there was 25. Then there's hundreds. And uh, over time it grew. And at one of those rallies, those weekly events, uh, General Flynn was there, and he and I uh, hit it off, and um, it occurred to him very quickly that I knew a lot about uh, the agenda of the Great Reset, that I knew that the models that said 2.2 million people would die were false, that the PCR tests are false, that the treatments are real, and that uh, this is all part of the Great Reset agenda. And uh, so he and I got to talking, we hit it off, and I said to him, I called him a few days later, and I said, hey, Chief, I really feel, and I don't want to put this on you, I'm not saying, like, thus saith the Lord, I'm just saying I feel as though God is calling me uh, to get a hold of you, to do an event where we share the truth unapologetically about medical fraud, election fraud, religious fraud, and getting people back to God. And uh, I'll let people name their price. They can pay whatever they want, and I'll eat the deficit. I'll pay the difference. I will uh, make sure I cover the costs, organize it, et cetera. So we did that first event, and uh, we had about 50,000 people request tickets, and we had 7.1 million people watch the, the first event. And uh, we had 5,000 people in attendance, and I thought we were done. And then General Flynn said, uh, hey, could you do one more? And, uh, you, you know, I said, absolutely. And that was uh, 22 one mores ago. So uh, the commitment is to do this sprint up until the election of 2024. And now that so many of our keynote speakers are being sued, subpoenaed, imprisoned, summoned, uh, prosecuted, uh, forced to testify, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to quote Rod 
Roger Stone, he said last week on my show, he said that uh, the Reawaken America tours, by and large, will be going to the White House or to the Big House. And so that's sort of what we're doing. And so um, President Trump has a very busy rally schedule, and his events are very much rallies where our events are educational in nature. And, and so three more educational events amidst the big rallies so that America can get educated, and hopefully you have an educated populace that's uh, going to be voting for the next president of the United States. Wow. Um, so, so this is actually like quite a price you've had to pay in order to speak the truth. Is this the way America's going? I mean, uh, it's also happening in Canada. Like, how do we push back if we're being silenced, taken to prison, charged, uh, having to go to court all the time? Well, I don't know that I have the answers for you. I do know there's a great book called The Bible, and in Revelation chapter 16, verse 12, uh, the book of Revelation, it states that when the Euphrates River dries up, that's when you're going to see the false prophet show up and China and Russia team up. That's right here. This is Yuval Noah Harari. So when the Euphrates River dried up, Yuval Noah Harari, a man who describes humans as hackable animals, a man who says COVID requires COVID, the, the, the uh, surveillance to go under the skin, and he wants to rewrite the Bible using AI, the false prophet who's praised by Obama, Zuckerberg, Gates, MIT, Stanford, Harvard, Yuval Noah Harari has now shown up, and uh, China and Russia have now teamed up. Also, Ezekiel. Um, these are all Bible verses. But uh, making up, nor do I have the entire Bible memorized. But in the Bible, it states that before the return of Christ, you're going to see Ezekiel chapter 38. You're going to see uh, uh, Ethiopia. You're going to see Iran, Libya, Turkey, all come together against Israel. Genesis chapter 8, that the earth was filled with violence and perpetual wickedness before the flood. And by the way, violence and perpetual wickedness, the word for that in Hebrew is Hamas. So Matthew chapter 20 verse 24 verse 37 states that before the return of Christ the earth will be filled with Hamas or violence and perpetual wickedness. Also Amos uh, this will be Amos chapter 1 verse 7 and Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 4 state that Gaza will have to be destroyed before the return of Christ. And it also states in Isaiah chapter 17 verse 1 that Damascus will be turned into a pile of rubble before the return of Christ. So I'm seeing these things all be fulfilled at scale quickly. And so what I'm trying to do is just share the gospel because I believe in God's great mercy. He is revealing the truth behind his prophecies so that everybody out there listening will have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if I had to describe what I'm doing, what we're doing, I would say we are a struggling group of evangelists. At least that's my mindset and has been my mindset. Now, these events, losing money, what happens is you have three major factors, okay? One is my wife and I grew up without money, both of us. We both grew up poor, and we want everyone to be able to afford to go. So we let you name your price. I don't expect everybody to feel sorry for me. I'm just doing that to help out so everybody can afford a ticket. Um, the second thing is a lot of our speakers are being sued and or subpoenaed. So what that means is that um, when you're subpoenaed, you have to provide your emails and your phone calls and all these sorts of things, and it's expensive to defend yourself or to comply with a subpoena. So most of the speakers are being sued or subpoenaed. And then finally, there's a cancel culture where they're making it more increasingly difficult for shows like yours to share the truth. So on Facebook, where a show, a show like yours may have previously reached a certain number, I'm finding that conservative podcasters and independent broadcasters are telling me that typically their social media reach has been reduced by 20 times by social media right now through shadow banning, banning, uh, filtering, and making sure that the message of truth, by and large, doesn't get seen. Wow. Um, so, so Clay, if, uh, if it's kind of heading down this way, like Yemen just declared war, 
on Israel about an hour and a half ago or so. Uh, Damascus, uh, that has not been destroyed. So that is kind of one of the things. Can I ask you something? Are you finding that this whole new Palestinian conflict and Israel is dividing the church once again? Well, I'm going to think through every word that I'm going to say here to you because you're asking me a question that um, I haven't been asked yet. So I'm just responding to it. Um, and by the way, I'm a big fact fact guy. So if you go to Revelation uh, chapter 16, verse 12 to 14, as I mentioned, it says that when the Euphrates River dries up, you're going to see the kings of the east team up and the false prophets show up. If you go to Genesis 12, God clearly instructs us to stand with his people. Genesis chapter 1 through 3, it tells us to stand with. And I, I don't like to ever paraphrase the Bible, so let me pull this up real quick just so we can see Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3. So it reads here, I'll read it to you. It says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land I will show thee. I will make of thee a great nation, I will bless thee, and I will make the name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curseth thee that, and uh, it says, I shall curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, there's certain people that believe that that is a literal commandment to stand with the people of Israel. Other people believe that that is a more of a figurative thing. I happen to believe it's literal, but I want everyone to look at the map today. If you look at the map of Israel, Israel is the size of New Jersey, and it is surrounded by these Arab nations that are either openly hostile towards Israel or at least not pro-Israel. So it'd be kind of like if you were standing in the middle of a hockey arena, okay, with 20,000 cheering fans, and you're the only person in the arena that stands for freedom, and everybody else is on team Marxist or communist, right? So Israel uh, stands alone there as a beacon of freedom in the West. Now, somebody might want to argue with me about that, but that's the worldview that I'm finding is a lot of Christians or people that identify as being Christian don't read the Bible. Exactly. Uh, we're finding the exact same thing because uh, people that, um, you know, that have opinions, and I'll say, well, the only thing that matters to me is what the word has to say. And so I'm of the same place that you are, but I'm getting a lot of feedback. And the, the biggest shock to me, Clay, is that the church is not in unity. And I see what happened. The freedom movement spent a long time exposing Harari, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers. Uh, these are Jewish, uh, you know, uh, elites, um, the, the cabal. And I don't think we spend a lot of time going, yeah, but that's the elites, not the people, not the Jewish people uh, of God. Um, and of course, uh, many of them, you know, they're with the Talmud and people are angry. They're, they're saying to me that I'm a sellout because I spent the last three yep. years exposing and now I'm just selling out and, and saying we have to, you know, stand with Israel. Are you getting any of that yet? Well, I mean, I'll just look at this. I mean, this is kind of a, a maybe analogous idea. You know, Bill Gates is a white guy. He's a white guy. Well, okay, that's, we got a problem with a white guy. Klaus Schwab is a white guy. Oh, we got a problem with the white guy. What? This is a white guy. Klaus Schwab is a white guy. Clearly, we have a problem with the white guy. Albert Borla is a white guy. You know, this is the head of Pfizer. Clearly, we have a problem with the white guy. You know, and so you could make it that. I mean, you could obsess say, we have a problem with white people. You know, that's where you could go with it. And all I can say is I just go back to the Bible and I just, I, what does the Bible say? Genesis chapter 12 commands us to stand with the people of Israel. That's what I'm doing. Um, on a logistical level, they're the only free or semi-free country that's there. I mean, you're, look at the map, look at Israel, and look who they're surrounded by. So um, also 
the revelation revelation prophesied that when you see the Euphrates River dry up, I mean, I don't know how much more specific it can be. I mean, how many rivers are there in Canada? One, two, four, seven, fifty-five. I don't know. I mean, could you imagine they state the specific river in the Bible? They're saying when the Euphrates rise up, you will see the false prophet show up. You've all Noah Harari and the kings of the east, that's China and Russia, team up, and all that's happening. So I don't know how more obvious it can be from a biblical perspective. Also, as Ezekiel chapter 3 prophesied all this happening. So uh, we're seeing the Bible, the prophetic part of the Bible unfold. And for those who haven't read the haven't read the Bible, this is very disturbing. For those who've read the Bible, this is very confirming. But the same events are happening. If you've read the Bible, you're going, oh no, here it comes. I mean, and, and, I mean, I think if you read the Bible, Joel, it talks about that the return of Christ will be the great and terrible day of the Lord. The great and terrible day. Well, who's it terrible for and who's it great for? Could one event be great and terrible for at the same time? Joel chapter 31, it says, The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. I mean, so again, I mean, these events are fulfilling scripture. And if you if you know the gospel, sense. If you don't, it doesn't make sense. Right. So when, when you're under all of this pressure and we see the world is, uh, you know, potentially, you know, could be going into World War III, you've got uh, Biden down there. Uh, what is your concern for America right now? Since I'm talking about reawaken America, have you done your job? Is America awakening? Well, I think we've done the best we can do. I think our uh, speakers have done the best they can do. I know that I've spent, I mean, I, I wake up every single day at 3 a.m. and I work on the Reawaken Tour until 6 or 7 o'clock every single day. Um, we've done events at a great financial loss as often as possible. So I know we've done what we can do. But again, I have said this from the very beginning, and, and I know it's troubling for people. I am not an optimist or a pessimist. I'm a big fact person and a Bible guy. So I want to lead people to Christ. That's where my motive is. So I want to save Americans and Canadians and lead people to Christ. That's my focus. And then if we happen to be able to save our Republic as well, that'd be great. Now, the only sliver of, of hope for the Republic as we know it is Kim Clement. Uh, he did prophesy that President Donald J. Trump would become a trumpet. And he said that in 2007, and that Trump would restore the economy. He would build up the walls of protection and he'd be a president for two terms. This is in 2007, okay? And he also said that America would get on its knees and would be begging, essentially be begging for forgiveness, begging for God. And then Trump would be filled with the Holy Ghost before his return. And if you haven't seen those prophecies, just go to rumble.com and search for Trump prophecies and you can watch them. They're pretty, uh, it's very, very accurate stuff that Kim Clement prophesied before his death that has all been fulfilled except for the return of Trump for that second term. So I do uh, look to that a little bit. Also, if you look to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And again, I, folks, I apologize. I don't have the entire Bible memorized here, okay? I have just like little slivers of it, but I do have notes off to the side here. But it says here in the Bible, it says, uh, For this we say unto you uh, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, that's us, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from the shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So that's, we're supposed to comfort one another with those words. First Thessalonians chapter 4. So, so basically, you see your role as uh, bringing people to the Lord, awakening them, 
to world events. We can't necessarily shape anything that's happening. We can try our best. We can be voices. Uh, we see uh, Donald Trump is going through unprecedented uh, things. Uh, may I just ask you, do you think that they will um, end up potentially jailing him? What's your your thoughts on that? And can he still be the president from jail? Well, I can I can tell you, Eric Trump is a very good friend of mine, and I talk to Eric often, and I pray for the Trump family often. Um, Me too. What a great man he is. Uh, he's a wonderful husband. He's a wonderful father, a wonderful business owner. He runs the $7 billion Trump organization. He's Nehemiah, Eric Trump is. He's building, you know, while he's fighting. He's fighting while he's building. That's Nehemiah in the Bible. So that's what Eric it reminds me of. Now, as far as his father, President Trump, President Trump is doing the best he can at the age of 77 to save this nation. And uh, so I think we just need to pray for President Trump today. We need to pray for Eric Trump. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for freedom because clearly the world economic has infiltrated Trudeau in Canada. Clearly the world economic forum has infiltrated the governor of just what? Clearly, the World Economic Forum has infiltrated the cabinets all throughout the world. Clearly, the World Economic Forum is located in Geneva. And if you're new to the Bible, Revelation chapter 2, verse 13, and Revelation, that's Revelation 2, verse 13, and Revelation 9, 11, both state that Satan lives in Geneva. Wow. Look it up. Revelation oh. chapter 2, verse yep. and Revelation 9, 11, they both state that, that Satan dwells where the former temple of Apollo is. Uh, it also states that, that Satan dwells where Antipas was martyred. And that happens to be, that happens to be in Geneva. And what else is in Geneva? The United Nations, the World Health Organization, what? The World Economic Forum, CERN, CERN has the 666 logo, the World Economic Forum has the 666. What am I saying? Folks, look at it. I mean, now you have the co-founder of the World Economic Forum. His son is coming out and saying, hey, all of this democide is based in Geneva. Why? Because the Bible says that's where Satan dwells. So if you're out there going, uh, did I just hear that right? Yes, the Bible states in Revelation chapter 2, verse 13, Revelation 9, verse 11, that Satan dwells in Geneva. And people say, well, how come my pastor is not? Because most pastors are just self-help prophecy profitable gospel teachers that's all they do they're just sort of a not very specific not very effective self-help teacher and the equation for a lot of churches goes like this step one donate to me step two i will drive a maserati step three is your pastor i will bless you in this world or the next and so a lot of people go so you mean if i give my money to my pastor he'll drive a maserati and i'll be Yes, and that's what it is. So it's like a Tony Robbins seminar on steroids. And so why am I one of the few people reading the gospel? Why is Pastor Archer Pulaski one of the few people reading the gospel? Because we believe in the literal interpretation of God, which is, goes totally to the self-help prosperity gospel, which is taught primarily in the Bible Belt, which is Tulsa, Oklahoma, and all throughout the world where pastors drive Maseratis. I love it. And you just uh, mentioned Pastor Archer Pulaski, and we just had him at our Huge event. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. He was amazing. Brought the house down. Same with Dr. Lance Wall now, um, whom I met at the Clay Clark event. So you've got to go. Uh, we want to tell everybody how to get there. Um, the next one, December 15th, and it's yep. being held in California. Larry, California, which is 30 miles outside of Fresno. And again, there's 70 speakers. You can name your price. Doors open up at 6 a.m. We go until 8 p.m. each night. 
I will be driving three convenient hours to the left, a.k.a. to the west, to get there with my wife and kids in the van. We'll drive there. We'll set up on uh, Wednesday afternoon. We'll start opening the doors for vendors to set up on Thursday. The speakers will get there, and we're going to open the doors for attendees on Friday morning at 6 a.m., Saturday at 6 a.m. We'll be doing three final events, and I mean this sincerely. Peter Navarro, myself, Flynn, Lindell, Cash Patel, uh, Trump's attorney now, Alina Haba. Many of us who are on the stage have been sued, subpoenaed, persecuted, prosecuted. And the, to quote Roger Stone, we're all either going to the White House or the Big House. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to save America. And uh, on behalf of uh, the Reawakened Tour and as a struggling evangelist, I encourage everybody to read Mark chapter 13. I know it would require time, but Mark chapter 13, Luke chapter 21. And Matthew chapter 24, Mark chapter 13, Luke chapter 21, and Matthew chapter 24. And when possible, rebuke Taylor Swift. Stop watching the Kansas City Chiefs. Stop watching the San Antonio Spurs. Stop watching the NHL. Stop watching the NFL and start reading the Bible, starting with Mark chapter 13, Luke chapter 21, Matthew chapter 24. Because until you know more about those verses of the Bible, those chapters, than you know about Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, and the migration patterns of your favorite celebrity, we're in a bad spot. you got to know the gospel. <laughs> I totally love you. Clay Clark, thank you very much. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your sacrifice for the world. I appreciate it. I'm going to try to get down there actually December 15th. So God bless you. you just Take care. Thank you. You're the best. Have a great day. Thank you, Clay. God bless. Absolutely fantastic. Um, can, can you hear that? Like he's, you know, bringing in and doing all of this. He doesn't make back the funds, but he feels it's so important. And Reawaken America has awakened America. Uh, you bring in the doctors, you bring in those that are paying a high price, telling the truth, speaking the truth. Mel Kay's been there. Uh, we're interviewing Mel Kay, I believe, uh, is it Thursday? Um, and, it, you know, he's, he's getting it done. And at a very high cost, I appreciate when people pay the price. Um, and his most important message, which I think is, is what I'm feeling, is that souls matter. And I was, the, the best part, people have asked me, like, what, what did you love the best about uh, the era of champions? Um, you know, I absolutely loved having Dr. Lance Wall now and Arthur Pawlowski there, Dr. Brian Bridal. Uh, no, Dr. Byram Bridal, Dr. Brian Artis. Yes. This was great. But my favorite moment was the last two minutes of the day when we gave people an opportunity, if God had stirred their heart, if God had spoken to them that day, and it was so epic, and they said that, uh, you know, 10 people raised their hand in that auditorium. That's what I could see in the, you know, it was hard to see everything with the lights, but that just meant a lot. I gave one call, like, have the courage to say, my heart is stirred. I'm putting God back on the throne of my heart, and that, that happened. I want to... Um, go through some things that are going on in the world. First of all, uh, Yemen has just uh, declared war. I don't know if I can get to back to that fast enough uh, on my homepage profile. Um, so I'm a little bit, uh, you know, disturbed by this. This just keeps getting better and better. If, if you've got the uh, thing there, JT, it might um, uh, share this tab instead. Yemen has declared war on Israel. Um, and so what does this all mean? What does this mean for everything that, uh, that the world is going through? Are we heading into World War III? We've got Biden and, and uh, Trudeau like just making the worst decisions about you know, funding terrorism, funding uh, wars in the world, and it's been just terrible. Then we've got um, you know, queers for Palestine. Now, 
there's this very strange and odd thing happening. Um, so Palestinian uh, people believe that homosexuality is a blazing sin before God. Their Quran says so. Um, and they hurt people that are homosexual. They, there's reports. They throw them off roofs. Uh, the, the people, the Islamic people, are not um, soft on coming against homosexuality. So here we have, you know, the, the queers for Palestine, and you have to wonder, what exactly are they thinking? You know, it's, it's almost like, as this picture says, cows for McDonald's, like they're literally, they're going to take your life, grind you up, <laughs> and serve you. This is, is very bizarre. I want to go to a Hamas captive describing what their instructions were. Uh, if we can go slow, because I think that I have to read this for the podcasters. Uh, some, some people tune in by podcast, and so they won't know uh, when it's just, it's being, first of all, translated. So this was, this is a Hamas soldier. He is, he was captured, and he's describing what their instructions were. So let me do my very best to get this. Um, we open the rooms in the houses and start to raid the room by room, one after the other. Okay, I can read a little slower until we finish. But what did you do in those rooms? Asks the questionnaire. Uh, questioner, throw grenades and open fire. But what was the goal? To kill, he said. To kill who? Anyone who was in the room and houses. What does that mean? Women, children, everyone, anyone who was in the house. You told me there was someone asked who you were supposed to return from the raid, how you were supposed to return from the raid. Right. Work out for yourself about how to return. I guess how to get back to Gaza, meaning you're going and there is no coming back. You're going to go in not to come back. It's different in the mosques from the army. In the mosque, they tell us to take mercy on women and children. In the army, Hamas, they tell us to kill, massacre them everywhere. Women and children and so on. In the religion, they say it is forbidden to kill children, women, the elderly. I, I'm not certain what it says. In the army, the commander will tell you. Stomp on their heads, behead them. Do whatever you want with them. I don't understand that's according to the religion. The military. Uh, your sheik gave you a sermon and have to kill. You have to kill and respect all. The battalion said, kill, stomp on their heads, chop off their legs, look at Hamas and look at ISIS. What's the difference between us? What's the difference between Hamas and ISIS? Questioner asks. Because the beheadings, people compare Hamas to ISIS. Uh, 
Hamas became ISIS. ISIS burns, beheads, and butchers. Hamas became ISIS. How did that happen? There is no brains, they're inhuman. Because you became what? Question mark. They became animals. It's things a person doesn't do. Beheading people. Having sex with dead bodies. Meaning the body of a dead young woman. It's a body. It's not humans that do that. This is all what this uh, guy is saying. Okay. Um, Piers Morgan interviews Mossab Hassan Youssef um, about Hamas opening the gates of hell. Let me just explain that Mossab Hassan Youssef is the son of a Hamas, um, a Hamas soldier. Uh, actually, I believe he was a general or some kind of leader, and he is a Palestinian. Take a listen. I spent about 27 months in Israeli prisons where Hamas was torturing their own members, our own people within Israeli prisons. They killed actually and tortured hundreds of prisoners. Uh, and this is when I start asking myself the question, what if Hamas become the ruler at some point? What will they do to our people? And uh, many years later, Hamas became the ruler of Gaza. And uh, I wasn't surprised uh, by their br uh, brutality. When you heard what happened on October the 7th, what was your feeling about that? Look, as I told you, I'm not surprised by Hamas brutality, but I was surprised by the scale of their attack. You know, not to this degree, wiping out entire communities, you know, messing with a nuclear power, the most powerful country in the region, a country with a, a trauma, great trauma from the past, with a, a memory of a Holocaust and uh, all the Nazis did in the past century. You, they opened uh, the gates of hell on the Palestinian people. This is how irresponsible this group people are, you know, that they are willing to actually sacrifice many Palestinian children, the entire Palestinian people, and use them as a fuel to just achieve their ideological uh, agendas, their religious agendas. They are careless. They don't care for the human life. We have to separate between what so-called Palestinian cause and Hamas cause. Hamas cause is a sick one. It's coming from the pit of hell, you know, and they need to be removed uh, from power. This is my message. As an ex-Hamas member, as a son of one of Hamas founders, that enough of this. If we don't stop them now, the next war is going to be deadlier. And only God knows what will happen next if Hamas is not finished as soon as possible. So if you wonder why Israel is having to deal with this after this brutal attack, um, it's because Hamas and, you know, Hezbollah, they need to be taken out. They just quite simply do. Knowing what the word says about the end times, uh, Damascus will be wiped out, uh, that Gaza will be laid bare. Um, this is what's happening. Is your life right?
If Christ returns, are you ready? I, I ask you that because never before have we been so close to seeing all of the scriptures fulfilled as to what is going to happen. And it is being fulfilled. These are prophesied times. Every single thing so far, including Israel becoming a nation in a day um, in 1948, it's in the word that, na- that Israel would become a nation once again. Okay, let's look at uh, Musab Hassan Youssef. He did, I, I don't know if this was a TikTok, but he just did a video. He's very impassioned. And once again, I'd like to just show uh, what he has to say because I think it's valuable. He's Palestinian. He's the son of a, of a Hamas terrorist. Take a look. There are a bunch of movements coming forward in the West, angry in the streets, protesting. Some call themselves pro-Palestine. Some call themselves free Palestine. Others say end occupation. What occupation are you talking about? Do you mean end Israel and give Hamas what they want? Give Hamas weaponry, territory, soldiers, army, so they can mess more with the global security? Are you totally blind? How can't you see the things in common between the West and Israel? And how can't you see the violence and the brutality of Hamas movement? Or it's your hatred. You have nothing to do with Palestine. You're just projecting hatred and inflicting emotional pain on the Jewish people as they mourn a modern-day Holocaust? Do you think this is how you help Palestine? There is no such a thing as Palestine. Palestine what? Yasser Arafat, Palestine? PLO, Palestine? PA, Palestine? Hamas, Palestine? Islamic Jihad, Palestine? What Palestine are you protesting for? You have no idea what you're talking about. I am being emotional. I have the right to be emotional. Because I speak on behalf of the children. As a Palestinian child, as a child of the land, I qualify to talk about the subject. But you, you have no idea what you're talking about. You've never been there. You did not live the pain of that land. So what are you protesting against or about? What is your problem? Let me be clear. This war will go the way we want it to go. Your opinion doesn't matter. Even if you were a majority, you don't matter. Not in this war, it's not your business. You protest against your politicians in London, in Paris, everywhere, wherever you want. That's your business. But in the Middle East, we deal with business, the Middle East style. The Middle East style. We are going after Hamas leaders. And we're going to kill all of them. And nobody can get in the way. Those are criminals. Those, Those are terrorists. They have lots of blood on their hands. Hamas prisoners in Israeli prisons must be executed. We are going to destroy Hamas infrastructure. 
And that's the answer for their brutality. There is no way around it. As you see, I'm not politically correct. I'm not your type. And I will not be. This act of Hamas did not only bring the wrath of Israel against Gaza. It brought the wrath of God. And you will see God in action. Mm. Now, I've been getting, as you can imagine, a lot of emails from those uh, who've been supportive of me. And, you know, over the last three years, we've been fighting the globalists. And we, we you know, we talk about Soros, the Rockefellers, uh, the Rothschilds. And, and uh, we bring light to certain uh, people um, and Bill Gates. Uh, but some of them are Jewish. And it appears that while we were getting very upset with some global elites, we failed to understand that um, the, the anger, the venom against Israel, the growing anti-Semitism maybe comes from some of these leaders, some of the things that we found out over the last three years. However, let us not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let us remember that we as Canadians should not be judged by our leader. Uh, God forbid, you know, Prime Minister Trudeau, who wants to be judged as a Canadian by our crazy leadership? Christia Freeland, right? So what's happened is that um, I can see that there has been a disconnect between understanding how he said Middle East style, like how they're fighting. I, I'm going to be playing a video for you next, and I'm just letting you know that things will be described that your children should not hear. If you have kids in the room, then you should ask them to go and get busy with something else. And the reason that I'm taking it to this level is because from the amount of ridiculous emails that I'm getting from some of you out there who are unlearned, who actually think that I'm the one in the wrong, I'm not. As Clay Clark said, and many Christian leaders, I will stand with Israel. And let me tell you something. If there was no scriptures that said to stand with Israel, I would still stand with them right now. Do you know why? They got attacked in the most absolutely brutal way. Now, I opened my dad's Bible that I love to read, and I, I kind of realized that with Clay Clark, because he had just a limited amount of time, we kind of rushed into it, and I did not read from my father's Bible today. I just opened it right up, and here's what it says in Proverbs 31. He has underlined in red, Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. When I hear about what the people in Israel went through, I am absolutely compelled to speak up. I don't know what all of these people on university campuses and all of that, you're on the side of terrorists that came in and did this. I, I warn you, it's graphic content. Um, so this is Amir Tzafardi in the war on Israel. Take a listen. People are as always criticizing Israel for, for bombing population. But let me, let me tell you something. The amount of bombs that we dropped on Gaza, if we wanted to kill civilians, already should have or could have killed maybe 200,000 people. And less than five or 6,000 people died, of which most of them are terrorists. In some cases, there's always, always civilians that get hurt. But again, 
Israel is not targeting hospitals, is not targeting civilian population. In fact, what we do, according to the Geneva Convention, we are asking the civilian population to leave. Now, that's what we're doing right now. And it's interesting because what the world, uh, as far as the social media and some of those brainwashed people around the world that are protesting, what they're doing is actually uh, thinking or telling the world that it's us who are creating or uh, uh, performing atrocities. And they simply forget that uh, 17 days ago, a genocide took place, a genocide that um, we're still, we're getting more and more and more reports. And I'll share with you in a few minutes. We don't feel safe. We don't feel secure. We don't feel um, that uh, the people around us have the great intentions. And we are now different people. Post-trauma causes a lot of things. Now, one of the reasons we're different people is because of the fact that we have been in the last couple of weeks exposed to things that... Um, I did not even think that mankind can perform. Honestly, I, I did not think that. Today, I was, uh, I was watching the testimony of a search and rescue worker talking to the soldiers because they came and asked him, so tell us, what is it that you found here? And uh, he told them, I don't even know how to start. He said, look, uh, you see, over here, and he pointed at the fence that surrounds one of the kibbutzim there. He said, we found someone that probably ran away from them, and they caught him, and they beheaded him. And then he said, and if you think that's bad, well, we walked into a house, and there was a family sitting in the mother and the father were handcuffed with their hands tied behind them. So were their son and daughter on the other side of the table. And he said, before they killed him, they tortured them. They gouged the one eye from the father. They used an axe cut one of the breasts of the mother. The same axe was used to cut the fingers in one in the seven-year-old son and the entire foot of the five-year-old daughter. And while they burned them, they sat in the kitchen and ate lunch, the terrorists. And then he said, I'm the one who found the pregnant woman. They opened her belly. And he said, I did, I, see, I did not know that one. He said, we found the knife through the unborn baby. And she was shot behind her head. And then when everybody thought that they've seen it all and they've heard it all, he said, but the worst, 
was when I approached. And then he said, two piles of 10 children in each. And he said they have not even been shot to death. Their hands were tied behind their back. And in two piles, they burned them alive. He said, we, we, there was no bullet hole. There, there's nothing. They, they were not killed. They were burned alive. Two piles of burning children. And then he said, even animals don't do these things. Being close to the word of God and staying on the right lane of not misinterpreting and not disseminating some fake news, it's very important. There's a lot of charlatans also that are speaking about fake news when it comes to how this whole thing started. Don't buy that. We had a colossal failure, which now we are investigating. The failure was within the concept of so many military uh, leaders, and, and, and they didn't see this coming, although all the writing was on the wall. So all this fake news that Netanyahu ordered the military to stand down, all of that, that's fake news from, from the pit of hell, because Netanyahu heard about this whole thing at 6.30 a.m., and immediately rushed to the headquarters of the military in Tel Aviv. And that's when everybody realized what is going on right now. This is fake news, and people that disseminate that should be put in jail, because this is not true, and it is something that is only used by our enemies as a justification to what they did. They butchered us, and shame on anyone that su suggests that we wanted that. How dare you? Just have life. Deal with your business. Don't spread all of these lies and deceptions. It's not true. Folks, again, thank you very much. Keep us in prayer. It's a nation in trauma. And the more we hear about what happened, the more we understand that we're not facing humans. We're facing demons. It's a satanic, diabolic wall that is in front of us, all around us. And you have it in your own country. They will not even think twice before they do the same to you. So you better watch out. You better also look around. You better also get ready. Because if it came to us, it can come to you. So this is an unprecedented, sickening attack. They have video that is available from the Hamas invaders. And as you can see, they were told that they might not be coming back. So maybe they thought that they would be getting their um, 70 virgins or whatever for doing what needed to be done. And they came in and attacked in that way. How on earth would we expect that if that happened in your neighborhood, that we wouldn't require that the government, that the army of any country deal with the perpetrators in such a vicious way that they are never able to do it again. And that's what's happening. And yet you have all of these people 
that are, uh, you know, in the earlier interview with Piers Morgan and, and Masab Hassan Yousaf, they showed all of the different marches that are going on, um, standing for, you know, with Palestine, for the people that have, um, that have died in, in the post-reaction. And yet they were given a couple of days to get out of there. Who of you, knowing that evil terrorists went in from your area, went in and harmed another area, and you knew that area is now going to retaliate and come against where you live? Do you think you might pack your kids up and get out? So one unlearned person uh, said in the comments of my Facebook, and go where? Go anywhere. 1.4 million people have exited quickly and safely out of Gaza. It's a fact. Google it. Go to chat GPT. How many people left Gaza? Lots left. Numbers 1 million four and climbing. Why do you have your kids in the middle of Gaza? Like you're, you're a, a bad parent. Social services should come and take your children away from you if you've got them in an area that Middle East style is going to see all holy hell released. And I'm very sad. War is with us. There are good people that have come now escaping that Middle East style. These are our peace-loving Muslims, Palestinians, uh, those who've come, Jordanians, people from Lebanon, like my friend Camille. They've come here. Why? Because they wanted peace. If, any, if anyone wants to defend what Hamas just did, and I watched a newscast last night as one of these Palestinian protesters in a large city in the United States of America said that what happened to Israel was just what they had to do because of, you know, who they are and what they've done. Anything you want to send to me that you think Israel's done to deserve what just happened, you go ahead and send that to my, um, my proton mail. I've been taking some time to investigate every allegation and when I search it and I find out about the whole story, uh, it ain't like the left is saying. There's quite a bit behind it. And I will tell you that when one United States uh, Jew went in and killed nine people in a mosque, immediately it was decried. It was, uh, you know, condemned by Israel and yet there was this big you know war that happened and then they had to then you know retaliate because a crazy person went in and did this well we've had crazy people in the United States we just had a massive shooter the other day that I think there was over 20 or 30 people that this crazy person went in and killed a bunch of people all through an area now, we don't have the Middle East kind of war. But 
when a crazy person does something and it is denounced and condemned by Israel, maybe everybody just may better take a, you know, a moment. But what we had on October 7th was we had thousands of people who were told deliberately by Hamas leadership to go in to rape dead bodies, to behead men, women, and children, and to torture them before they were killed. And that they better figure out their own way back because there was no guarantee they'd be coming back. We had a Hamas terrorist kill someone, well, many people, and then call his mother and father on the phone telling them what he'd just done, saying, I've just killed 10 Jews, you know, 10 Israelis, I've just killed them. And his mother is basically saying, oh, God's peace be upon you. What's wrong? And now in our countries and in Canada, we have people who are supportive of what has happened, failing to see and even failing to know how Israel has responded with decency in that they gave civilians the opportunity to get out of there and they did not go. This story will continue. If you don't want to support me, if you don't want to uh, watch anymore, you go right ahead. I am compelled by the spirit of almighty God to speak the truth. And I will not cower. And I understand that some of you all that fought me or followed me because of the freedom movement and we fought together, you feel that you don't have any link or anything to the Jews. You don't have any um, link to Israel. And you kind of, you did something is a mistake. You lumped the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, Soros, and brutal, evil people in the cabal. You lumped them in with the nation of Israel, with the people. And those people are flesh and blood, and they are some of the most beautiful people you could ever meet on the planet. Peace-loving people who do not want to fight, who are never told to go and kill others to get their virgins or to die a martyr's death. No. Israel, like Clay Clark said earlier today, it's a tiny little sliver surrounded by Islamic nations, and yet Israel holds their own. Because biblically speaking, they were, they've been told in, in the Bible, it says that Israel will never lose their place, and they will not. I absolutely believe that. They're, they're actually very powerful. I don't know why some these idiots went in with little BB guns when someone's got a, you know, has got a semi-automatic and is going to take out all of them. Uh, they messed with the wrong people and the wrong time. And it has been planned for quite a while that Hamas and Hezbollah were going to attack on the same day to try to take Israel out. The element of surprise has been ruined. Hezbollah did not react at the same time as Hamas. And Intel says that Hamas decided, sort of on their own, that and on a whim, that they would go and begin this assault. And now they're crying because no one can leave anyone in Gaza again. 
And remember what my guest last Thursday, or was it? I think it was yesterday. Uh, yes, it was the, um, it was yesterday. One, one day runs into another for me, but, um, and he basically said that it's been open. We've heard this from several sources. The people from Gaza, you know, you call it an open air prison. They were allowed to come into Israel and work. And I'm sure they could go anywhere they wanted if, if they wanted to. Instead, they stayed under Hamas-controlled occupation. And these Hamas terrorist animals came in and killed and maimed and wounded families. What do you think that a government has to do to protect their people? What would you want someone to do to protect you from that kind of terrorism? We're going to move on. Um, Speaking of elites, Senator Ron Johnson uh, puts this very well on how the elites planned the pandemic. I mean, it's it's just extraordinary to me that, uh, you know, the government was working with social media to amplify lies and suppress truth and has been doing so repeatedly. Why couldn't the American people know that, you know, there were other alternatives to treat COVID? Why, why can't the American people know that there were side effects with the vaccine? This is all pre-planned by an elite group of people. That's what I'm talking about. Event 201 that occurred in late 2019 prior to the rest of us knowing about this pandemic. Again, yeah. you know, th- this is very concerning in terms of what has happened, what is happening, uh, what continues to be planned for our loss of freedom. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it needs to be exposed, but unfortunately there, there are very few people, even in Congress, that are willing to take a look at this. Uh, they, they all push the vaccine. Uh, they don't want to you know, be, be made aware of the fact that the vaccines might have caused injuries, might have caused death. Uh, you know, so, so many people just simply don't want to admit they were wrong and they're going to do everything right. they can to make sure that they're not proven wrong. We're, well, we're up against people, a very powerful group of people here, Maria. But you know, fortunately, you say, what can we do? Well, you know, we do have reporters like yourself, like John Solomon, other people that have the, the courage to report the truth against the mainstream media and against the narrative. But that's the only way this is going to be solved, is we need the truth to be exposed. We need more Americans to listen to the truth, to be exposed to the truth, to pull their heads out of the sand, quite honestly, open up their eyes and understand what is happening in this country. We are going down a very dangerous path, but as a path is being laid out and planned by an elite group of people that want to take total control over our lives. And that's what they're doing bit by bit. They do it by increasing ma- you know, massive government spending, increasing the size of government, uh, take over of the WHO. These amendments that are coming up uh, that are going to be voted on in 2024 on the WHO are frightening, and they, they really risk taking away all of our sovereignty. Uh, people have to awake up, awaken to the dangers of the moment. The dangers of the moment. And I'll tell you what's dangerous. It's not just these global elites that are working across all nations to try to uh, destroy our freedoms, uh, take away who we are, and, and kill us. It's also the Canadian government. So take a look at this on my share if you can. Chaplain General Direction on Chaplain Spiritual Reflection in Public Settings. Can I tell you something? Canada is now basically going to begin banning public prayer at some of these um, places where chaplains uh, would have, you know, naturally, like let's say on November 11th coming up, Right, they would be doing a prayer. Um, Flanders Field, I think that is all really based on a prayer. But 
here, here's what's happening. So look at the situation. They, they want chaplains to basically stop praying. Listen to this, Canada, we're in trouble. Situation. This policy supersedes the Public Prayer at Military Ceremonies Directive, which was issued in 2013 by the Office of the Chaplain General. I guess they were issued directives about being allowed to pray. A fundamental underpinning of a military force is to reflect upon its collective history and upon the sacrifices of members and their families. What, what collective history do we all have here in Canada? Well, under the sovereignty of God, we founded our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We are a country that adheres to Judeo-Christian values because the, the founding members of our country knelt down on the shores of Canada and prayed to God. And they met even with the um, First Nation settlers that were here, and they also prayed. That's in history books. I remember having the history book. Uh, from a, a friend of mine who's kept it all the way since it was his grade five book. You won't find that in the history books now because they've washed it away. No, they don't want to let you know that the people that arrived here dedicated this nation to God. Canada was dedicated to God. God keep our land glorious and free. It's in our national anthem. For how long? I don't know. And now they're talking about that we're supposed to reflect upon our collective history, and apparently they don't think that prayer really should be a part of that. Historically, public prayer was featured in Canadian Armed uh, Forces, calf ceremonies, and public functions as a means to commemorate these occasions, such as the Battle of the Atlantic, the Battle of Britain, Remembrance Day, and other local events. While the dimension of prayer may occupy a significant place for some of our members, we do not all pray in the same way. For some, prayer does not play a role in their lives. Pretty sad for them. Therefore, it is essential for chaplains to adopt a sensitive and inclusive approach. Ah, do we recognize the words? Inclusivity and diversity. An inclusive approach when publicly addressing military members. Chaplains must ensure that all members feel respected and included by undertaking inclusive practices that respect diversity of beliefs within the CAF, which basically means we're now about to respect their beliefs without your beliefs as a God-fearing prayer warrior. That will not now be respected so that we can now once again respect a different group, the woke group, the diversity and inclusivity group that does not pray. They get the final say. <clears throat> the Royal Canadian Chaplain Service is mandated to provide chaplaincy services that meet the spiritual religious needs of serving members of the CAP and their families. Oh, well, some of them are Christians. Many of them. Recognition of the spiritual dimension of the individual is consistent with the strategic framework outlined in the Defense Team Total Health and Wellness Strategy, which calls for a strategy that focuses on nine global dimensions of dimensions of health that include spirituality. <laughs> Following the Supreme Court of Canada, SCC ruling in the movement uh, something, began an in-depth analysis of the impact that this legal decision could have on current policies and practices. The SCC set a strict standard for religious neutrality by the state, which the RCCHS has a legal obligation to abide by. This requirement is aligned with the principle of inclusion that is paramount 
within the calf and apparently our country. All right. So listen to this. The evolution, so this is the ruling. This ruling now establishes that. The evolution of Canadian society has given rise to a concept of neutrality. Really? Are we really neutral? <laughs> you know, yeah, we're neutral. We just fly the pride flag everywhere and we have all of the rainbow cross rocks because they're so neutral. They're so neutral that the, uh, you know, the Muslims and the Sikhs and the Christians and the Jews uh, just gathered together to fight this uh, neutral. We, we uh, a million of us across the country marched to express our opinions uh, that we are not neutral about it. We do not uh, ascribe to this gender nonsense. And uh, it doesn't seem that our Canada is very respectful of everyone's opinions, of everyone's position on this. No, no, no. The state must instead remain neutral in this regard, which means that it must neither favor nor hinder any particular belief, and the same holds true for non-belief. So let's take out prayer. Do you know what? So any lawyers watching me right now, can this be used to say that we must not favor a particular belief, as in the LGBTQ dogma shoved down our throats and our children's throats every single day? Can some of this now be taken to say, all right, you want neutral? Be neutral. Being neutral, I guess that's a lot better than you shoving down your one perspective on all of us and your new religion, which is the inclusivity and diversity that you're also forcing on our military. Huh. The pursuit of the ideal of a free and democratic society requires the state to encourage everyone to participate freely in public life regardless of their beliefs. And that's a good thing. A neutral public space free from coercion, pressure, and judgment on the part of public authorities in matters of spirituality is intended to protect everyone's freedom and dignity, and it helps preserve and promote the multicultural nature of Canadian society. Wow multiculturalism it's worked so well that the true canadian spirit and the true canadian beliefs in god and the supremacy of god and the christian god that we pray to is now not allowed and in favor instead is this neutrality being put in our nation and we want god to rescue us as we continue to kill 100,000 unborn babies every year. And our conservative government will not say a word. Who's saying a word? Was it, is it any of the MPs that you elected? Any of the MPs that you elected that are pro-life? Oh, are they standing strong, putting forward bills, doing anything to make a ruckus about the fact that we are slaughtering the unborn in this nation? in the name of our neutrality. How many people standing up? When our nation, every single member of parliament passes a bill that out, they, it outlaws any parent from stopping their child from transitioning, getting cross-sex hormones, moving to, to gender-affirming surgery that might cut off their private parts. 
And we're not allowed to say a word about that because we are in danger of going to prison and being fined. Do you think that God is going to remove his judgment from this nation? What do we have to do? Well, it looks like the state's duty, this finally says, is to protect every person's freedom. Do you feel, do you feel protected? You might go to jail for not supporting transgender nonsense in your home. Or as a psychologist, you might not want to do that. So this says the state's duty is to protect every person's freedom of conscience and religion means that it may not use its powers in such a way as to promote the participation of certain believers or non-believers in public life to the detriment of others because it's so detrimental. This is Canada, everyone. This is the problem we're facing. This is the downward slide into neutrality's road to hell. And what are we all doing? What are we all saying about it? I learned something at the event. Um, a woman, uh, and I think, I think this is right, that politicians like handwritten letters. They're no longer really looking at emails. Oh, another email. Oh, another, you know, this or that, another, you know, poll or a, um, you know, maybe a, a petition that's being put forward by some, some concerned citizens. No, no, no. No longer is that um, valuable to them. They're not opening those emails. You need to write a handwritten letter. Maybe you can do that to your member of parliament. All of that can be Googled. You can Google your member of parliament and you can get the address to write to them personally. Let them know you're not too happy that that prayer is not okay. Maybe let your member of parliament know you're not very happy that they were cowards in the face of the transgender ideology being shoved down our family's throats and that they have failed and it needs to be undone. Don't worry. Pierre Polyev will get in. He supports the Ukraine war. He supports diversity and inclusivity. He will not stand up. He likes to say a few words about parental rights. We're in trouble. But don't worry, we'll be soon rid of Trudeau. Is the CPC going to overturn this? Let's let our members of parliament know all about it. The other thing I really want to celebrate is that uh, we do know that Scott Moe uh, is doing an absolutely fabulous job of standing up, and he's basically informed um, senior producer Gary DeVries, um, basically is letting me know all about what's going on with, um, with Scott Moe letting Trudeau know that as of January 1st, if they do not get some real cuts um, to the... We can put this up just from, oh, no, I can't. It goes to a pay thing. Never mind. Um, if, if we don't stop getting taxed and this carbon tax and all of that and it's on gas and whatnot, then um, Scott Moe is going to stop sending uh, taxes federally as of January 1st. He's let them know. So we do pray that, you know, the premiers of, you know, British Columbia, Alberta and all of that 
that they are also going to be standing up and doing the right thing. Now look at this video. Um, so, so this is another important thing happening in Canada. Um, and that is, oh, the Arrive Can app, right? I almost missed that one. Investigators on the Arrive Can app scandal have their phones hacked and emails deleted. Look, oh, I'm not doing that one first. Oh, I thought it was eight, move down. So, oh, goes to eight. Canadian federal bureaucrat Pam Palm, Palm Mater, uh, fear-mongering about white supremacy in Canada. Then we'll do the Arrive Can. Okay. So how about WEF's Maria Lepton? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's okay. WEF's Maria Lepton on how some countries use the threat of war to increase vaccination uptake. That's bad. Two of the countries which were most successful in getting good coverage of vaccination based this not at all on getting their citizens to try and understand the signs. One is Bhutan, which, uh, where they were very successful in preparing a campaign and involved. They asked, they, they were sensitive to the country's needs, to the citizens' needs, involved in informing the religious establishment and in fact using them in finding the right time and date. And they got fantastic coverage. No signs was explained. The other example I know of um, is Portugal, where the um, campaign was handed to a retired army general. And the army general just treated the country as his troops and he rallied the troops. He declared it as a war that the country in patriotic passion was going to fight together. And they had up there, I think they were leading in Europe, if not the world. So no science. Let's remember that. No science. And now that we are seeing the science, which was discussed heavily this last weekend, and the reason we have to keep talking about the science is because a lot of people do not know that the science is showing that we've got an extreme problem going on uh, with the harms and the, the deaths after vaccination. And so this continues to be a problem. And you can see how they use fear-mongering, war-mongering to basically get what they want done. And that is a vaccinated population. So investigators on the ArriveCan app, if we're ready for that, uh, scandal have their phones hacked and emails deleted. Really? Take a look. After you began this disclosure process, did anything strange begin occurring? Once you had given the document to Miss Erin Ogerman, did anything strange happen? Or did everything remain normal? Thanks. As I mentioned, in December of 2022, after um, we submitted the misconduct report to the CBSA, my emails were hacked and the any records of emails that were sent from Christian Firth directly to me were mysteriously deleted from my inbox. Since then, we have an email tracking solution called MailTrack, and through that solution, MailTrack, we are able to see which emails are being accessed, and only emails that are related to this misconduct and this wider misconduct that we have uncovered are being surreptitiously and suspiciously accessed at different times. So it is clear that my and Amir's communications are under surveillance. Unbelievable. So... How many of us are getting our phones tapped? Do you all feel like some of you feel like they're following, listening in, um, you know, potentially? So they, ha they can have access to emails and we're in a whole new wor world of uh, things going absolutely bonkers 
with AI, uh, what the potential is coming down the pike. Um, we'll be doing a show on that coming up, actually. Um, it's, oh man, uh, someone explained it to me like, do you remember um, when someone would say, well, did you want to send me an email and you didn't know what an email was? And now, of course, you know emails, you send thousands, you receive thousands. And so you know all about that. Well, uh, chat GPT and what is going on with AI and the, the ability for it to mess up our world and create an atmosphere where we don't know what's true or not, which is what they love. You know, if, if you can just AI something and make up a story, well, great. You can put all kinds of false information out. What you can also do is you can call real information, true information. You can all now say that's an AI generated uh, video. That's AI generated uh, picture. And so now you can actually, you know, make something that's absolutely true seem to be something that we should question. And the whole world is now at this questioning place. I just don't know who to believe or what to believe. We're in dangerous territory. We really are. Canadian federal bureaucrat Pam Paul Mater fear-mongering about white supremacy. Take a look. The white nationalist movement is sometimes hidden under the guise of the so-called populist movement. Sometimes they'll call themselves far-right conservatives, but they often align themselves with the gun lobby itself. So you have a mix of white nationalist leaders who also purport to be anti-vaccination, anti, uh, free speech, pro-cop, pro, like, so it's a big mix of people that get in into this, and now we know that they are also, sadly, uh, infiltrated law enforcement and the military. So there's two different kinds of national security threats there. They're often in the background agitating as pro-pipeliners, pro-choice, pro-guns, and also being anti-immigration, anti-vaccine, anti-feminism, and anti-indigenous. According to all of the data that we've collected on these cells in Canada, they are, they incite violence against a variety of groups. So one group could be anti-Muslim, another group could be anti-women and the black community. But the one common denominator against in all of these cells is being anti-indigenous. So it presents guns, especially presents a specific threat to indigenous people. Unbelievable. I was listening to a couple of uh, other videos. So every single home now in, in Israel, uh, they've all got guns so that they will never have that kind of attack and be unprepared again. And uh, I think that they were trying to, uh, you know, have more of a, you know, uh, not have so many guns in the civilian population in the last few years. But that's been reversed real quick. And everybody's got their guns. You can see why that is. You can see why people in Texas and places in the United States of America, where actually they have less gun issues when they're trained and properly using their guns, um, you know, and they know how to store them, they know how to keep them, but you don't want to mess uh, with someone's property. You don't want to go up to a house and do a home invasion when, you know, you see that they've got, hey, we're gun owners all over the place. This is for safety. We now are in a place where there's too many guns out there that... The whole gun issue, it's a bit mute at this point because everyone's got guns. Um, the bad guys have guns. They get them, you know, in a criminal way. We can't even stop them. So you want now people who want legal guns, they've got to jump through all of these hoops, you know, and they're probably the safe people, of course, to have 
guns and to take care of them and to be respectful for the damage that a gun can cause. Uh, but then you've got all these people, they don't have any respect for gun laws. So they're getting guns by the droves, right? And we've got this rising issue uh, where, you know, there's a lot of fear mongering going on. A lot of, I, I don't think I've in my lifetime seen the, um, the fear on all sides of this latest issue regarding uh, Palestine and Israel and the concerns about keeping our nations safe outside of the Middle East way. And one person wrote to me and said, this was kind of ironic, and said, oh, you know, it's all white people. Well, Dr. Paul Alexander is not white. Um, I have on my show routinely people of all persuasions, uh, you know, facial colors and all of that. And I'm personally African-American because I was born in Uganda, East Africa. So there's that. Um, and, it, you know, it, it's really funny that people want to, you know, begin making this all about race. Um, I, I am not a racist person at all. And yet people that, that want to make it about race are just constantly accusing, you know, uh, on all of these different levels. I, I traveled with um, Salim Mansour, Professor Salim Mansour, a Muslim who's rejected by the Muslim community largely. Not, I think he can't, he's not allowed to go to his mosque or anything. <laughs> and, and the conservatives did not allow Salim Mansour to run for the Conservative Party of Canada because, uh, well, he had written some papers on concerns regarding radical Islam. Hmm. There's something we should maybe be talking about a little bit more, and it comes out from a, a brown guy and our leadership, our political leadership doesn't accept it, just the same as the liberals wouldn't have him. So what's the difference between our political parties? We're in trouble. I really can't stress that enough. Um, I'm going to ask you to share, if you can, share this uh, show uh, far and wide. Please take a moment and just subscribe to the Rumble uh, so that you will always be notified. Um, if you're on Twitter or YouTube, would you just share this broadcast right now? Because we are being really shadow banned. Uh, our content is the truth and they don't like the truth. So would you just get it into the algorithm a little bit more by just sharing right now? This was good stuff today. Good conversation. People will enjoy it. Uh, let everybody know we need to share the truth about what is also happening in different areas. And I do encourage you, my email is laurelinlive at protonmail.com. If you've got issues or you want to ask me a question or you want to say, I don't, you know, I don't think that you're seeing this right. Or, you know, even better, if you want to give me an encouragement that I'm seeing it right, because I know actually that's most of you. But I do tend to hear about the person who's mad and angry and so what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to share the videos, the actual footage, the actual uh, data and facts so that people are becoming more aware of why I stand and I have picked a side. I pick a side, first of all, for peace and safety for the world. When we cannot have peace and safety because of some terrorist organizations that are hell-bent on treating people disrespectfully, um, killing people, and they are truly animals on the inside, sociopaths, um, and they have to be eradicated. I'm glad I'm not in a place like that, but I stand with those 
soldiers that have to do a very difficult thing, Middle East style. That's what happens over there. And uh, I pray for the peace of all families, Palestinian families, that they would be safe, that they better get to safety. Uh, if you don't get to safety, I, I, I don't support, you know, um, feeling badly about what's happened. Like, you have to get yourself into a safe place. It's not safe in Gaza. From what the Bible says, I wouldn't be housing in Damascus either. Just saying. All right. So, um, would you like, subscribe, and please share this video? And also, uh, we had an incredible time uh, talking about money. And never before has it been so easy. Uh, Steve Merrill was talking about gold and silver. We've got some real issues coming up with our fiat currency. It is definitely like money being printed on the day when its true value actually shows up. You do not want to be stuck with a whole bunch of money in your bank uh, on a day when suddenly it's worth 30% of what it was and you can't get access to your account anyways. Lots of things happen. When an emergency goes into effect, a lot of things happen. When devaluation of a dollar suddenly hits and we've got a some sort of you know, financial emergency happening, even worse than what we're facing right now with all of the inflation and the interest rates and whatnot, well, you want to know that you've invested your cash while it's worth what it's worth. Invest your cash into gold or silver. And silver is set to be going, to, to be skyrocketing at the appointed time. And they're keeping it artificially low. And so it's a great time to buy silver and gold and protect yourself. We leave that with you. We believe in it. That's why we share it. And um, my website is Live. no, laurelin.tv. And you can go there. And if you would love to uh, support what we do, we appreciate it. Maybe you just like it. You don't even love it. You don't even love to support us. You just like it. That's fine too. And if you would consider becoming a $20 a month supporter, so just 20 bucks, monthly support, you won't, it'll just, you know, naturally flow out of your bank account. And you can do that by uh, signing up. Uh, there's a donation page and it takes you to um, Canada Helps. And there's a form and it's done. And you'll be able to just support us every single month. It would mean the world to us. Because we do this out of the goodness of our heart. We put on events like we just did, trusting God for his provision. Uh, we're kind of we're kind of doing the balance right now of you know what came in and, and what we had to pay out. And as you know, Clay Clark was saying it's just not really um, he said it, it's not sustainable to do these events. There's so many costs. So we do want to do more events. Um, we have to do them in a very economical way, but if you could support us, if you could help us, that makes it happen. And the epic comments that came from those who attended, it was just absolutely amazing. And I'm so proud that uh, we were able to put this on in such a professional way and with, um, you know, with someone as wonderful as Dr. Lance Wallnow, he was just terrific. Every single presenter was amazing. So... If you can support us, it means the world. It really does. It's We don't have anybody backing us. It's just me and JT and our, our team, and uh, we make it happen every single day so that you are informed. 
And I hope you feel informed today. I hope you feel like you got some clarity on some issues. I want to close by reading from Psalms 25, verse 12. It says, Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity, and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him, and he makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Do you feel like you're in a snare today? Um, Are your eyes ever on the Lord? You know he can set you free in a moment, right? You know something can happen. And he can release a trial. He can heal you. He can set you free. He can heal a broken heart. He can restore a marriage. He can bring a prodigal back. He can fix things in a moment. And when your eyes are ever on him, he sees it. He sees that you're looking for his strength and he will release your feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, the psalmist asked the Lord, for I am lonely and afflicted. Do you feel that way? You know, we all have really tough times and when we're going through something, It's really bad when we feel alone, but in truth, we know that nobody actually understands what you're truly going through. Um, People want to, and they come alongside, but you can tell. They'll say a quick prayer, or they'll say, I'll be praying for you, but they have no real idea what you're going through. But God knows. He sees it. He sees your affliction. He sees your pain. He sees exactly what you need in order to understand things that you're facing in this life. He knows the path that you should take. He knows the people that should be in your path. He knows how to get you from that place of unbelief to that place of faith. He's in full control. And when our eyes are on him, he can act quicker, I do think. But the journey that we're on, he's got it all. The only thing God's not in control of, this is very important, the only thing that God is not in control of is your will. You get to say no. You get to reject him. You get to turn away his support of you. You get to do that because your will is so important to God. So the psalmist prayed, relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Are any of you in anguish today? Maybe you want to pray. Psalms 25, verse 17. Accept this. I'll read it again. Relieve the trouble of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. Sometimes it's sins that are causing the distress because you're not doing what you're supposed to. And so the devil has an open door to kind of mess you up mess your life up. He's got a got a, a wedge in there and that sin is blocking God from being able to fully move because God, he's not going to make you stop sinning. He isn't. He's going to say, well, if you're going to do that, there's going to be tough stuff that the enemy does to you, but he wants you to turn it around. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me 
Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. Amen. See you tomorrow, everyone. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.laurelin.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.